Hello, everyone. This is Dovi Shapiro, and today I will be interviewing Rabbi Yaakov David Borenstein Shliach in Longmont, Colorado, on the topic of a mega bowl or a Hanukkah bowling event. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to help Shulchan have more atzlach on their shluchas. We really appreciate your time. Thank you, Yashukayak, for giving me the opportunity. I would also like to thank our sponsors. I would like to thank Foster Jewelers, the Smetana Group, Gift Card Zen, and Ohana Pay. Thank you for making the podcast available to all Shulchan. Please support our sponsors and let them know you heard them on the Shulchan podcast. So let's get right to it. I think this is a, I think this is a good topic because Hanukkah is coming up, and before we know it, it's already here. So in order that we can plan, it's always great to hear ideas from other shluchim. When did you start your Mega Bowl, and uh, um, what did it become today? Well, we call it a Hanukkah Bowl. It started, I think, eight years ago. Uh, yeah, this, eight years ago it started. Um, from the first year, um, I, I saw the potential um, at the beginning, I just took six lanes, um, but as reservations kept on coming in, I asked him to take the entire bowling alley. I was a little nervous about that, but we ended up filling up. And uh, ever since then, we rent out the entire bowling alley every year, um, and a large group comes to the Hanukkah Bowl. And I think it's a, I think it's a really, really good idea. I got this idea too. A few other shluchim that I heard did it, and it was very successful. And I think one of the beautiful things of, of doing a Hanukkah bowl is that they're not coming necessarily to your Chabad house, right? And it's in a neutral place, so you can get more people than you would normally get coming to you. And there's also the benefit that it's not like you have to do so much preparation because the, the event is there, the entertainment is there, you just have to bring some food and, and whatnot. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what I find is, firstly, is Bowling has a certain advantage over many other things, including ice skating, and that bowling is open for all ages. Seniors like it. Kids like it. Um, it's open for everyone. And it's a good place to schmooze and have a good time as well. So um, just having such a venue like that doesn't limit you to a certain group age. Um, furthermore, I see that, um, the, like you said, everything ready for you already. You have entertainment there ready. So we just go ahead and make it look really cool. Um, some simple ideas. We have a bowling pin menorah every year. So it's a menorah out of bowling pins. Uh, we we uh, give out light-up stuff. Uh, so when And I asked them in the middle to shut off the lights and put it on. You know, every month of Shabbos they have a glow-in-the-dark. So in the middle they have glow-in-the-dark time, and we give out glow sticks. Um, we also give out, uh, we make glow-in-the-dark T-shirts for all our Hebrew school kids, so um, they stand out and they perform as well. Um, just want to mention one thing on the side, that on all of our events, especially in Hanukkah and Purim, um, we make the Hebrew school kids perform, and it came like a normal thing. They do it every single time. But just having a Hebrew school perform right away starts off your event, at least by me, just 100 people right over there, just from Hebrew school and their parents. Um, then when you know you bring in the rest of the community, it's very easy to get 200 to 250, um, easy, even to 300 people, because um, once you have the Hebrew school and the grandparents and, you know, and uh, other people that are coming to watch and perform, that really brings a large crowd as well. 
That's really um, interesting. You're right. You're saying everyone wants to come here, their kids perform, so they're going to be there, and then that itself, absolutely. you have a, a built-in crowd. Absolutely. And just like I said, there's going to be mainly on Purim and uh, Hanukkah. For Hanukkah, we make a big deal. How it is is right away by us it works is that people come in and uh, the people are instructed that are giving out the the, the shoes and the and whatever they, people people need help with to really make sure that we're trying to get at least four to six people on a lane. That is because we know that it's going to fill up very very quickly. Um, to have people wait outside and pay gets really really hard. We found that you know it's. So many people come, especially if it's cold outside. So especially on Hanukkah, we give opportunity to prepay and get a discount. And it's, it's been amazing because you're guaranteed two things. No matter if it's a blizzard outside, like two years ago, it's freezing and snowing. People pay. They're not usually going to ask for their money back. Um, so that's an advantage of people paying. You know they have, they're coming. But also, if it's cold outside and they already paid, all right, they're going to come because they already paid for it. So how it works is right. the most Just to clarify what you're saying, because I ran into this problem last year, you're saying if, you, if people just start showing up, you know, one group at a time, and you start giving them lanes, and let's say there's a family of four, and then there's a family of six, and so on, and really each lane could hold up, to, let's say, eight people, um, you end up losing out because you, you, you put four people on a lane and really can have more. So if, you could, if people pay in advance, then you can tell them which, which lanes they're going to be on with who? Like, which Absolutely. People, so, how do you deal with that? So what we do is we have set up that the people already know us for many years. They know that it's going to fill up very, very quickly. So they right away tell them, well, let's say two people come and they want to start bowling. They say, you know what, you could start, but as soon as I get a larger group, I'm going to send them to you and we'll, you'll start your game over again. And that is because we want to have, at any given moment during the event, minimum of 180 to 220 people bowling in our lanes by us, which basically means we really need to have – six to eight people per lane. A lot of the people just want to walk around and smooth, but we want to make sure that people get chances. So, um, like I said, so as long as you're clear from the beginning, you're saying, hey, you know what, you have two, wait a second, let me wait for one more second, is another family going to come in, and then, you know, that's going to be five, perfect, you seven go there to this lane. Um, like I said, if they do start bowling, then as long as I walk around and I see people waiting around, I ask them, you mind if these people join you? And, you know, we bring people in together because if you're going to let that, – that's what happened the first few years by us is that, you know, one or two people came early and all of a sudden they're playing 40 games and, you know, people are waiting there. So we constantly want to make sure that there's at least six to eight people per lane. Right. Um, someone listening may think that, you know, uh, maybe you're a big city and therefore you could attract so many people. What kind of place are you where you could attract 250 <laughs> people per bowling? Uh, we're not not a big place at all. Um, You know, uh, we're a small community, um, maybe maybe a thousand Jewish families. Um, Baruch Shem, we have a million every week, but we're a small, small little community. And uh, I I really believe that the numbers come out, especially because of our Hebrew school. You know, we have a a good Hebrew school, and and once, once they're coming and they're performing and and you know they bring everyone else. So no, we don't. We don't have a big city at all, and uh, we do a good event, and people come. Baruch Hashem. We were we were honestly amazed last year. We we didn't know how it would turn out, and we we did have a little over a hundred people come and fill the bowling alley, which was amazing for us. We're also a small town here in Flagstaff. Um, Fantastic. So, so if you go for a hundred this minute, year, in two years. 
So just for a minute, talk about the like the performance. Is it some fancy performance, or are they singing a few songs just to give an idea? So all the shluchim, you know, when they hear performance, they get overwhelmed. All performance. What does that mean? Um, you know, every year, every year is different. One year they're doing the the Hanukkah rap, you know, that's on the exchange, and uh, they're singing Sivi Von, Hanukkah, Hanukkah, Kol Light the Menorah. You know, every year we pick two, three different songs. So you're saying basically a few songs that they that they sing, they they prepare well, they do a good job, and that's it's more about the kids singing and and the that the parents get. That's what absolutely. That's what Absolutely. So the youngest kids will sing a few words, and they, we dress them up as dreidels, and they do circles, and the parents go crazy, and they put it on Facebook right away. Look at my kid doing circles in the dreidel. And, you know, the T-shirts you could order from, from Shluchim Services, they're very cheap. They're like two fifty a, a, a T-shirt. And like I said, we got glow, glow, uh, glow markers. So we knew when the lights go off, it's going to be really cool for the kids to have lighted up a white, T-shirts with, you know, a picture of Manera on it. So that went get, over really, really well. Where do you get the dreidels from, the dreidel costumes? Uh, we made it out of cardboard. <laughs> One of our Hebrew school teachers made it from uh, cardboard boxes, very simple. Uh, she made straps around. She cut out and says, Nun Gimel Hei Shin. They wear it around themselves, and they, they just turn in circles, and they sing, you know, um, whatever song okay. they're going to sing, and the parents love it. Wow. Okay. So, getting back to some of the the the, the basics again about the the um, bowls, I maybe talk about a few other things like um, what happens, like the schedule of the evening, and also um, the do you have food um, and so on. Sure. So the you know right away people come in and uh, they get their shoes. Um, they could go bowling, but we rent out the entire place. That includes the arcade room. Um, then includes if someone wants to go to the bar, they could get a drink at the bar. But mainly the cafeteria, which is like a big restaurant. Um, excuse me, the ref, the restaurant area, the cafeteria is is going to be uh, set up with a full buffet dinner. It's open right away at the beginning of the event. So I'm encouraging people. I have the mic. I'm walking around, welcoming everyone, and I'm encouraging everyone to either go bowl or take you know take food. We also have an arrangement with the bowling guy. They do not mind that t- people could go to the cafeteria, take food, and bring it down to their lanes. So I'm encouraging people, hey, while you're bowling, go get some food. Uh, everything's open, the latkes, the donuts. The, like I said, we have a full uh, dinner. Um, so that's going on about usually an hour into the event or an hour and 15 minutes into the event. I'm already announcing that in 10 minutes we'll be stopping in 15 minutes. I bring everyone to the cafeteria, to an area where it's all set up with the bowling from Minera, really nice decorated with full of uh, signs and all the shagasana that says Happy Hanukkah. Over there, we'll, uh, we will have a, you know, I'll speak for a few moments. I'll have the mayor or the you know, senator last time or the head of the chief of police, whatever, anyone speaking. Then we'll have the, we'll light the Minera. I'm sorry, the kids will perform, and then we'll light the Monera, and then we go back to bowling. Um, and the bowling's open till the end. Till the end. We, we set up our whole party, is called for two and a half hours. Um, so we let people bowl till the end. Uh, of course, we have the guests, how many dreidel games going on to get information of who's there. We have, you know, another table giving out Hanukkah kits. Um, that's kind of our event. Uh, just to give you a little head, you know, to me also what came really a good attraction is people want to know how we're going to decorate it. 
um, which I think is an it's really, you know, when you get close to the owner and you tell them, come on, you know, we're bringing all these people in over here, it's great, it's a great time for you, now they know your bowling alley exists and blah, blah, blah. Let us really set it up nice, and this guy's amazing for us. So, um, so in the outside of the bowling alley, we have one of those blow-up Meneras, like nine foot, light, it lights up. We got it at the, at the, the Schluchosphere a few, uh, a few years ago. We have a few of our cars parked with car Meneras. Um, because we run a car Menera parade every single year, so we have a lot of these Meneras, um, I set up around probably every 15 feet another Menera, car Menera plugged in. It's just sitting on a table. We have tons of stuff in the rafters, um, Happy Hanukkah signs everywhere. Um, again, so just people, when they walk in there, they know that it's not just, okay, you know, there's some lanes that are for the Jews, and that's it. Here you want to blow people away when they're coming for the first time, and they see that the entire place is for you, and you're playing Jewish music, and you have, you know, everything is yours. Um, it's, it's a much bigger ratio on these people. No, there's no question. It really does because they feel like the like we're taking over the bowling alley. It's a Jewish event. Wow, the whole bowling alley filled with the Jewish community. It's uh, it's great Jewish pride. Um, okay, another question is someone could think to themselves, wow, renting the whole bowling alley, how much is it going to cost? Going to pay for itself? Um, does it bring in any money? Do you lose money? What what? Uh, how does it work with you? How much do you charge? What does it cost you? Um, you know, it's it makes money actually. This is one of our events that make money. Um, he charges me, I think, uh, about $1,300 to rent the bowling alley. It's, it's very cheap for that time. Um, and then, and remember, everyone's getting a, a full meal, but when you're having that many people pay and then you get a bunch of sponsors, uh, you're ahead of the game easily, easily. So what I try to do is I try to find one sponsor you know, for whatever, it's for $1,800, and then I know that I'm really ahead of the game. That person will have a chance to, you know, to light the Monera, um publicly for mm-hmm. everyone. Um, but just uh, admission should cover you no problem. So um, the first I year, like I said, I was a little nervous. Me? I think I charged, uh, la- last year I went up, but I think I used to charge $13. Now I think it's, I think I did last year, 15 adult and 12 a child, and if they pay early, was 13 and 10 um, again, paying early is crucial because you don't want people playing the last second. Right. Um, just want to right. say one other thing is our rule is that when we rent it out, um, unless they get special permission, you know, they, the people that are renting out shoes can let other people in. Um, and that is because, you know, I, I don't want a bunch of them in my event. You know, people say, oh, no problem, I'll pay you. But more than that is um, it, I, I keep it open like that just because there's sometimes there's Jews that, that come by and they're, they don't want to pay outside. They really want to check it out. So I give them the opportunity. So basically, if someone comes in and goes to the front and wants to pay by the regular place where you pay for shoes, there's actually either me or someone else there, and they're going to say, Rabbi, could I set, you know, do, I, do we have room for these people? And I'll smooth with them a second, and I'll either give them a yes or no, just because I'll see if they're, if they're hidden or not. And then that's when we'll accept them. Mm-hmm. Is this your big event on Hanukkah, or, or is this one of your multiple events that you do? Um, this is this is by far our biggest event. Um, the the Carmenere Parade is for, it's a whole it's a whole separate animal, but that gets people really excited. You know, the police escort, um, you know, putting on your car, closing down the just, main street. Just because street. you're mentioning it, just because you're mentioning it, and 
but I, I don't want to. This could be a, this could be a podcast for itself. The, the, the biggest thing is how do you get people to spend two hundred and fifty dollars on buying a Carmener? That isn't that the isn't that the challenge? Um, well, that could be a challenge, but we didn't do that. We had someone volunteer and build thirty Carmeneras for us. Um, they end up costing me thirty dollars a piece, about, and I got a sponsor for it. Again, so mines are. I, you know, from my mm-hmm. main cars, I have the expensive ones that go on the car. But for everyone else, it's that's just amazing. Thirty dollars is something which you've shared that that way of doing with others. Shulchan is a guy who just knows how to get it done. There's no. You know, uh, I I have to look back into it, but I I got the diagram from another shliach for sure. So I have to remember who sent it to me. Um, but I was able to give it to this handy guy, and he he got a, two more volunteers. They built the entire thing. They painted it. They did everything. They you know you have to know what you're doing. But um, they did it within, I don't know, a few days. And every year, um, the person who built it actually gives us free storage. So he takes it back. And, you know, before he brings it every year back, he, he you know, plugs it in to make sure all the bulbs are going good. And, you know, that they have the, the things in the bottom, the rubber, so they don't scratch the cars. They make sure they do all the checking, so to say. And then people come to the Carmenere Parade, and it, it goes great. Um, I give the people the opportunity. The question that comes to me, the one second, the, the, the question that I that that comes to mind is that it's one thing if you're a big city, so you're a big city and you're going on the highways and you're going through the big streets of town where people are there outside the restaurants. And but in in in, in smaller cities, um, where do you go already with the with the menorah parade where where it makes a big impact? How does that it's work? It's a much bigger ratio in a small city. People have never seen it before. You know, people in New York seen Carmen Air Parades. But in Longmont, it's such a big to-do. The news covers it. You know, everyone's watching. They shut down the street. They wave, you know. And I'm also, you know, I'm a police chaplain, so I have a lot of connection to the police department. Even though they, certain streets that are big streets, they don't close down certain hours. They do close down for us. Um, and uh, they close on all the streets, and it's great. Even the highways, the... To everywhere they're going to shut it down they're going to go very slowly uh, we're playing our music it, it, it's great it's it's amazing actually people you go, you love go, it you go at night or you go during the the, the day no we go we go right at time so we let's say the our event is called so let's say five o'clock how it works is uh we have people start coming to put on their manares at four o'clock so it's so between a half an hour and 45 minutes it takes to load up everyone's manares um then the cops come and they get everyone situated. Um, they tell everyone the route, which I make up with them beforehand. Um, we go around for a full party. We used to end up in the park, which is amazing. Then we lit the Monera, but one year it was so cold that we realized it's just a risk. People were just dropping off their Moneras; right. they couldn't stay. So we decided that we're going to always end up at Chabad. If the weather is decent, we'll light it outside. If not, we'll light it inside. And and then we have a, full, a, a big Hanukkah party for whoever wants to show. Um, people feel really, really proud to be Jewish at such an event like this. Right, right. I mean, it's it's a good way to finish off. Everyone comes together, eats together, schmoozes, laughs together. Just like they, it's it's like it's like you just came back from the time, you know, when you you went out there and you showed your Jewish pride. Absolutely. And what we do also, we give everyone opportunity to uh, to actually uh, sponsor a Monero. So that means we give you opportunity to have the Monero in your car. For $72, you know, um, some people are going to pay it. Some people are not going to pay it. You know, you, sometimes you're going to have to, when I have 30 cars, sometimes I'm going to have to beg people to come with their cars, you know what I mean? Um, it right. gets hard every year, but um, it's still, 
it's doable. Like I said, I'm in a real small city, and uh, like I said, if I could look into it, it's cost about thirty dollars from A to Z with the wiring, with everything. You just need someone to know how to build it, and uh, it's not too late. I've woken up literally at the end, middle of December, one the year that I did it, um, to make it a, like three, four years ago. So, um, like I said, also these things are very durable. So now you have all these veneers that you could decorate whatever you want to decorate with. You just literally plug it into any outlet, and you have a beautiful stand, a nice yellow neon um, Monera out of wood that's lighting up. It looks beautiful. Getting back to the topic that we were talking about, the topic of a megabolt, do you have any last thoughts that you would like to share on this topic? Sure. Um, you know, I, I remembered right at the beginning, he was the owner was really, really hesitant to rent us the bowling alley. He said that it's not worth for him financially, um, you know, he loses on it, usually makes a lot of money, it's during Krasnok time and blah, blah, blah. He really didn't want to do it. In some years, it's Mamash Hanukkah is right in between all their seasons, and they're just not interested in renting it. So um, firstly is I kind of told him that it's a, it's a beautiful um, partnership with the Jewish community. There's many people that have just, they don't think bowling is their thing, but when they're going to come out to such an event, they're going to get inspired, they're going to, they're going to love this place, it's brand new, you just made over the whole bowling alley, they're going to see it. And they're going to come back. So I kind of convinced him that way. But the main thing that I told him, I'm going to fool it up for you. It's going to look beautiful. Um, I'm going to give you the credit. Uh, what ended up happening after like two years of me pushing him to do it, now Baruch Hashem, he, he asked me every year, so when are we doing it? This day or this day? You know, let's, let's book our Sunday right away. And then also it came to connection where now it's a partnership. So I go to him before the, when the calendar is being produced. You know, can you take out a few months partnership? Yeah, and he, he takes up ads in the calendar and everything that uh, Baruch Shem, he covers most of the bowling event itself just from the calendar. So I, all I'm going to say is that if, I, if I'm in a small city of Longwood, I could bring in such a crowd for bowling because bowling is opens, op, opens the door, like I said, to much more people than all the other stuff. Um, then I think everyone could do it. It's very, very simple. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to call me. My cell number is 303-845-2900, 303-845-2900, or rabbi at jewishlongmont.com, R-A-B-B-I at jewishlongmont, L-O-N-G-M-O-N-T.com. I hope I was able to help whatever I could. It's a very simple event to put on. Slach on everyone, shluchas and slach on everyone's Hanukkah events. Thank you so much, Ari Bornstein. We uh, we really appreciate your time and and uh, ideas with making a successful Hanukkah Thank you, thank you, Dovi. Have a wonderful day. Bye bye. This is Dovi Shapiro, and if you have a shliach in mind that I can interview about a specific topic, please email me the name of the shliach, the topic. I will call them, interview them, Emir Sashem, and it will be the next podcast. Thank you, and make it a great week.